Between head coach Mike McDaniel and defensive coordinator Vic Fangio, the Dolphins appear well aligned to maximize their talent with coaching systems. But what concepts are the ideal implementation of the talent that the Dolphins have acquired throughout the course of this season? You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Cal Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino. Today is Friday, May 19th, 2023. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us on a daily basis. couple extra shows this week. We are keep on hammering through these concepts as we get ready for training camp here in the weeks and months ahead. End of July, put the gold star on the calendar. We got about two months. We got some great content to cover, and we're going to start getting into some philosophical and ideological conversations pertaining to the Dolphins and how this football team is going to play in 2023 and hopefully beyond with sustainability. Today, I was asked, as a part of the Power to the Pod episode that we did yesterday, what kinds of systems and and concepts I would run if I were trying to maximize what the Dolphins have put together. And in studying Mike McDaniel and his offense, and using resources like Bobby Peters's 2022 Miami Dolphins Complete Offensive Manual, which is an excellent resource of all the core concepts and and, uh, play designs that the Dolphins implemented in 2022 under Mike McDaniel, and studying the Vic Fangio defense and the resources that are out there in that regard, you really start to get a good idea of what works for the Dolphins, what can be improved upon, how you can continue to build counter punches off of what you expect your fastball, if you will, is going to be. And we're going to look at the Dolphins through three lenses today on the show, the passing game, the rushing offense, and the defense, and talk about core principles of each that I think with what the Dolphins have, you can maximize how explosive this offense and how dynamic this defense can be. So to do that, you first need to acknowledge the talent that you have. So I have over here on my sheet uh, the Dolphins roster with the uh, player valuation assessments that I'm assigning to players throughout the course of studying the team. Quarterback to a tongue of Aloha. Uh, and of course, your pass catchers. If you're looking at pass catchers, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, Braxton Berrios, Chosen Anderson, River Craycraft, Eric Ezukanma, uh, and then tight ends, Eric Saubert, Durham Smythe, Tyler Croft. Uh, it's a pretty exhaustive list of wide receivers and not a very robust group of pass catching tight ends, first and foremost. So I'm not too concerned about this. This I, I got this tip from Joe Marino uh, of Locked On NFL Scouting. He's also the host of Locked On Bills. And of course, the Bills just drafted another tight end. Uh, they drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round, and Joe is doing research on multiple tight end. They're paying Dawson Knox up in Buffalo like $13 million a season, right? He's been studying uh, target share amongst tight ends across the NFL. And if I asked you how many tight ends there were across the league that received more than 40 targets for their second tight end, not receptions, but targets. Do you know what that number would be? 
I'll read him to you. Chigu Conquo, Tennessee Titans, uh, as a rookie last year on as a day three draft selection. Darren Waller obviously dealt with injuries with the Raiders last year, but played in 10 games. Uh, 43. Jelani Woods, rookie with the Colts, 40. Harrison Bryant, day three p- selection for the Cleveland Browns, 42. And Isaiah Likely with the Baltimore Ravens, 60. That is it for tight end twos with more than 40 targets in the passing game. When you have two elite players like the Dolphins do, not putting starring players from a passing game perspective, I do think is a very important piece of the puzzle. I think the Dolphins have done well with that to get players who can complement the blocking surface, can be underneath chain movers against zone coverage, and the Dolphins get more zone coverage than anybody else because of the speed of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Watt. So if you need somebody to run a sit route, get nine yards over top of the ball, over top of the center, and turn around and get square to the quarterback, and you're going to catch the ball and then get three yards and fall forward and move the chains for us on third and seven, great. That's what your tight ends can do. So I, I, I think from a composition perspective, Miami, when you're cross-referencing to a Tongvaloa and his strengths with the strengths of the wide receivers, what they have been, I think, is the right direction for an ideal implementation. I will give credit where credit is due. From a system perspective, this is the perfect system to maximize a player in a Tuatangvaloa. He's a timing-based passer who throws with accuracy. He throws with anticipation in spot throws against both man coverage to throw against leverage defenders when he's set up in the pocket or to throw in holes between zone coverage and thread the needle with touch or with timing. Having separators like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, who are going to command a lot of vertical stretch in your defense and create softer voids uh, that run routes that fold across the middle of the field because Tua Tagovailoa does not have the greatest arm strength of NFL quarterbacks. It's a sufficient level arm from an arm strength perspective, but his strength is not going to be throwing 15-yard out routes to the field. It's just that the duration of time that that ball is in the air for Tua versus other quarterbacks, it's a more high-risk throw. So either have big-time separators that you can throw with anticipation, and that way when they get their head around, the ball is right there. Or, and this is what the Dolphins do, run much more of your offense in the middle of the field so you can throw in high-congestion areas and know that it's going to be there on time and accurately. So RPO, play-action heavy, and the Dolphins did it more than anybody else last year. And I don't think the play design was particularly good, and the personnel wasn't particularly good in 2021 when Gusecki was getting 119 targets. But they did it last year, or in 2021, at a rate that was much higher than the vast majority of other teams across the league as well, called scheme throws or or, or run-action throws. That is what this offense is at its best. Now, there's a couple different concepts I wouldn't mind seeing more of, uh, they, they, the Dolphins have a pretty fair balance of spread concepts and a uh, pretty fair balance of condensed formations, but some shallow run-after-catch opportunities, uh, two play concepts I'd like to see the Dolphins run more in the passing game this year upcoming, uh, drive concept and mesh are, are two that I think with the speed of Waddle and Hill, that if you're going to put them as the options in drive, which is first receiver, inside most receiver runs a like a 10-yard in or shallow or, cr- or cross. And then the receiver that is outside of that player 
runs a shallow cross at four yards of depth. So you're reading that short to high and trying to high-low those linebackers in the middle of the field. And if they're going to drive on Jalen Waddell coming across the middle of the field and they go to cut that, well, then you should have an inbreaker across the middle of the field to throw a ball to, Ty to Tyreek Hill behind that's a concept I'd like to see the Dolphins get a little bit more of to utilize that speed in horizontal stretch, uh, especially when you're high-lowing linebackers with those two players in zone coverage, especially now that you have a player like Chosen Anderson who can still run vertical concepts and get lift and pressure the safeties so the safeties can't sit there and cut that uh, drive route across the middle of the field. Uh, mesh being the other one, and mesh, depending on how you run it, you can run it in a couple of different ways. A lot of times it's paired with a rail route from the running back out of the backfield. If you get Dalvin Cook uh, this offseason after June 1st, if he is cut and the Dolphins do sign him, that gets even more exciting. I think with uh, Devon A-Chain, that can be particularly exciting as well if he's running the rail route with his speed and, and receiving ability out of the backfield. I think you're a little bit more set up for impactful play out of the backfield in that concept. And then again, if you're going to run Waddle and Hill as the shallows, and they can run the crossing routes, and that is the mesh, and that happens at five or six yards of depth. If you get true man coverage, they're going to run away from man coverage because they're both running shallow crossing routes across the middle that's going to have a natural rub. If you get zone coverage, you can cross over each other and then sit down underneath and have a run-after-catch opportunity if you put the ball away from wherever the leverage defender is in zone coverage that's trying to cap that route. Or alternatively, you can kind of run a return mesh where you both run crossers as though you're coming across the middle of the field, but they turn into whip routes where you don't actually cross over and you stay on the same side and you have dual whips that works the same way. And if teams are really going to start sitting on your crossers across the middle of the field, you can take advantage of that over-aggressiveness of them bailing out of there to, to get in your hip pocket and run the crosser and stick your foot in the ground and drive back outside for what's effectively a short out with a misdirection and get you know, run after catch in that capacity as well. So uh, I do think schematically what the Dolphins have done in the passing game, it's designed to maximize the talent of the quarterback and it is designed to maximize the skill players at hand. There is a vision there. Uh, those are just a couple of concepts that in my mind, I would be looking for the Dolphins to run more of this upcoming season. Talk about the running game next, about what the Dolphins are doing best, what their talent dictates. But before we do, I have to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. They're absolutely positively delicious. It is the life hack that you didn't know you needed, but it is the one that will get you through post-workout meal, grab-and-go breakfast, healthy snack, something delicious, you name it. You can go to built.com, get yourself a variety box. You can go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, get yourself a four-bar box. You can go to Sam's Club, get the big box, eat one on the way home. Thank us after your first Built Bar, but do not wait. Get the life hack you didn't know you needed, the world's most delicious protein bar, courtesy of Built. The running game. Of course, the Dolphins making a cognitive decision to run back a lot of the pieces from last year's running back room with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson and Jeff Wilson coming over to the team via trade at the trade deadline last year and drafting Devon A-Chain uh, to go with some young players that I, I 
would be surprised make the final roster and specifically Miles Gaskin, but then Savan Ahmed is uh, an interesting case study as a player who's shown some talent and the ability to play in this offense, but uh, uh, opportunities were pretty brisk last year for him. I think about the body types that Miami has right now, and Jeff Wilson is really only your only consistent thump yards after contact type of runner. Raheem Mostert really impressed me down the stretch last year with the demeanor in which he played, the physicality in which he was willing to run. Dude ran like his job was on the line. His, this dude ran like he wanted to win football games. I thought he was phenomenal down the stretch. But he, from a strength perspective, is what he is. He's a speed-to-the-perimeter, outside-zone rusher, who's capable of hitting home runs, uh, but is not going to consistently churn the legs and consistently push the pile. So because of that, I look at Devon Chain being added to that mix. I think about Savan Ahmed, who's, who's not a bigger back either. Miles Gaskin's not a big back. You have a lot of light runners in your running back room. So I do think running outside zone and running it with a fullback. And Mike McDaniels talked a lot about the fullback. I, I, again, think there's an alignment here with the skill that they're getting versus the optimal approach. Of course, the Shanahan system, right now it's all the rage across the NFL because it will really penalize two high safety shells because you don't have that extra hat in the box. And if you have athletic offensive linemen that can get horizontal displacement and string out the point of attack, you're probably going to get popped on a cutback unless you get hooked on the edge and give up the corner, in which case now your corner is going to have to make the tackle on the perimeter. And then all of the play-action passing that comes off of that horizontal stretch then puts all that much more bind on when you roll the hat down into the box. So if you go out of a two-high shell and then you come out in a one-high shell and put the extra hat in the box to fit the run then they'll play action boot off of it and they'll make it off of that and they'll run the crosser and, and look to really get behind your linebackers, which the Dolphins did with success last, last year. So the speed to the perimeter sets you up for horizontal flow. Um, I do think from a blocking perspective, the Dolphins going after Isaiah Wynn going after a former first-round pick in Cedric Okwehi. Not that he has been an impactful player for throughout the course of the past several seasons, but uh, just the athleticism that exists there. Connor Williams at center. Teron Armstead at left tackle. There's a lot of consistency and congruency between the strengths of the offensive lineman and the strengths of the back. So I, I do think this wide zone system is married well with the talent that you have, but then the fullback piece here is the fun piece of this. Mike McDaniels talked about the value of a fullback versus a tight end, and the Dolphins led the NFL last year in two-back personnel because of the amount of reps that Alec Ingold got last year. And what a fullback allows you to do is you can add a half a man to the blocking surface on either side of the center because that player is coming from a deep enough alignment in the backfield as compared to a tight end who, if he's on the ball and playing in line, or if he is off the ball but in an H-back alignment but still 
tight to the offensive tackle, his ability to impact the blocking surface on the other side of the center, you really only have one way to get there, and it is to go slice action or split flow action, and that's very easily identifiable for all the defensive players on the field. So to have your fullback be your chess piece is something that McDaniel has keyed in on. I think when you have a fullback of Ingold's caliber, it is helpful to allow you to manipulate and do what the Dolphins had success with last year, which is running away from the formational strength. We get up, we're going to put our tight end on the right-hand side, but we're going to have a fullback and run two backs. We're going to be in 21 personnel, and we're going to run to the left with the tight end hand in the dirt on the right-hand side because we don't have a mauler that's going to overpower you anyway in that position to really collapse and wash the edge and create room to consistently run behind him. So instead, we're going to facilitate and use the fullback as the plus one on the other side of the formation and run that direction while the defense is skewing over to work over top of the tight end because that is the run strength. Now, how do you get more balanced in that? It's going to have to come down to players like Saubert, Smythe, Croft, Elijah Higgins being more impactful as blockers for you. Uh, but with what the Dolphins have in this room, I expect that trend will continue, and you'll continue to see Alec Ingold be a centerpiece of what this team does offensively when it comes time to run the football. I'm just hoping there's a greater commitment to running the football. And I want to get the ball in the hands of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as, as much as everyone else. And I want them to t each touch the ball 8 to 12 times a game. Right? You're getting 24 touches for those two dudes. You're probably going to have 250 yards of offense plus 300 yards of offense out of those two guys combined if they're going to touch the ball 24 times. But doing so responsibly and doing so where I think with the success that the Dolphins had in yards per attempt and how aggressive they were down the field and they still were a timing offense, which nobody else can replicate. That's the other thing with this passing offense. Nobody else in the NFL has the speed of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to run timing routes at the depth down the field that the Dolphins are capable of doing. They can't do it. They don't have the explosiveness. That's, that's a Jimmy's and Joe's versus X and X's and O's thing. I can design it all up great, but I can't run RPO with timing routes and throw glances at 12 yards of depth if the guy that I'm throwing to on the glance runs a 4-6 because he's going to have to work through traffic. He's probably going to get collisioned, and he doesn't have that explosiveness through the first 10 yards to get out the blocks and really wrap around that uh, conflict defender on the second level. So the marriage here is good. Obviously, case in point, how good the team was offensively when those guys played last year. Brandon Staley did some stuff to you. You ran into the San Francisco 49ers, who were the NFL's number one defense last year with really rare play on the second level. And they made the commitment to, we are going to take away the, the throwing lanes first and dare you to run the football and have success against us up front. And those were the two games that, that, of course, you struggled in. But then you had a really good bounce back against Buffalo. You had a really good bounce back in the first half against Green Bay offensively. I'm eager to see what it looks like when we get back on the horse and what else that they can do with these other complementary pieces the next time somebody decides they want to bracket with their safeties 10 and 17. All this stuff offensively, I think, really fits together. I say all that to say, I think the coaching is in the right frame of mind. There's a couple different concepts I might like to see more of, but at the end of the day, 
there is a very strong alignment between the identity of the players on the team and the strengths of the player on the team and the identity of what the Dolphins did last year. And I think that will continue this year as well. We talk over on defense. Of course, we have Vic Fangio in the mix. It's the, the big change for the Dolphins. Excited to dig in there. And that's exactly what we are going to do here on this third segment here on Locked on Dolphins. Playing in a Fangio system, and I've been doing as much research as I possibly can on the Fangio system to, to be able to speak from a place of intelligence, and uh, one resource that I really have enjoyed hearing about the Fangio defense is Cody Alexander, um, Coach Alexander from Match Quarters, and I hope to have him on the show here in the not-too-distant future. I've reached out to him. Sounds like we're going to get something lined up, and, and I just need to uh, my, my P's and Q's and, and put my stuff together for what I'd like him to talk about with all of us. But talked a lot about the Fangio defense and the core principles of why it works in the NFL. And he's talked about two high safety shells, but actually running one high safety coverages, which is, is really what the Fangio six is. The, the cover six for Vic Fangio is he's selecting what half of the field he wants to run quarters on and what half of the field he wants to run cover two on. And it will rotate or it will change on a matchup by matchup, down and distance by down and distance, series by series situation. But he's very strategic about where we're getting the safety rotation to roll down and flood zones to the front side of passing concepts and then relying on athletes on the backside and, and limiting explosive plays. And of course, that was the issue that the Dolphins had in, in many stretches last year was uh, limiting the big plays. They'd get you in third and long, and then they'd, they'd give up a back-breaking play. So I think about Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard as the marquee corners in this system. And they're older players for corners, right? Like age 30 is kind of this mythical line in the sand. Guys start to slow down a little bit. You get a little concerned with that. So... I consider Ramsey and Howard at this stage in their careers, they're highly instinctual players. They are supreme ball hawks. They are physical. They can convert to a receiver when the ball is in the air. They track the ball extremely well. They crowd the catch point well when they get on the body of a receiver. They used to, or, or they have the capability of playing man coverage at a very high level, but you don't necessarily want them in press coverage to turn and run anymore uh, because they, they are aging getting into their later 20s, that it's a different stage of your career as a starting corner, having them play from depth and having them play eyes to the backfield and not be your force players on the perimeter in run support as well, I think is a critical um, position to put both of these guys in to have success. Now, Jalen Ramsey, with his versatility, I think is going to fill a lot of different roles for you on the back end, but I, you do get excited about him playing from depth, not in the run fit, to play coverage and be a ball hawk on long down and distance situations. I think in your early down, down and distance situations, Jalen Ramsey, whether he's going to play safety and he's going to play on the backside, uh, the, the quarters side of quarter, quarter, half with this Fangio six, I think that's where you could really do some damage with Jalen Ramsey or simultaneously Javon Holland. Because if you're going to run cover two on the backside and you're going to run quarters to the front side of the passing strength, you're running quarters, so you are flooding zones as much as you possibly can. But on the backside, that 
safety on the backside who doesn't you're going to play cover two so you know your corner corner's got the receiver you and the linebacker have to deal with one other eligible to that side of the field unless they go four eligibles on one side of the field and so long as the linebacker or, or so long as that other eligible stays shallow and you are playing a deep half and responsibility and you have one player to worry about as a vertical threat down the field, what you can do, and this is something that Cody Alexander of, of Match Quarters has talked about, is uh, you can kind of poach both sides where if I'm the backside safety away from the passing strength where you're going to play the, the, the quarters, I can now kind of cheat over and I can look for that crossing route across the middle from the three receiver side or simultaneously if they run vertical and stay out of your area and don't cross over the middle of the field, that vertical threat to the backside is potentially going to run an in-breaking route as well that you can then kind of cheat in on and be able to drive on. So either Jalen Ramsey with his ball skills and instincts or Javon Holland with his ball skills and instincts being that backside safety who sits on the hash, I think is a really, really good way for the Dolphins to try to manufacture some more turnovers than what they had last year. And I think you, you reflect on some of the concepts and the crossers that killed Miami in pressure situations where they tried to run man coverage uh, and carry routes across the middle of the field against quarterbacks that were capable of buying some time and then throwing the football, and you got killed. I mean, how many times against the Bills did Josh Allen just kind of pedal and throw off his back foot on a crosser and either throw a touchdown or throw a conversion on third down, third and long, because you tried to blitz him, but you couldn't cut off against the shallow cross. So to have a safety that can kind of poach that from either side, I think is a big win. And having Jalen Ramsey to potentially play it, if you're going to put Cam Smith out there as the other outside corner, or you put Javon Holland in that situation and play somebody else high on the roof on the other side of the passing strength. Big fan. Big fan. Uh, of course, that only works if you have the players up front to win against the run and potentially, quote-unquote, steal gaps. So that's where I think the overlay between what the Dolphins have been and what the Dolphins are going to be uh, is valuable and sets the Dolphins up for success to play this Fangio system. You know, you think about Christian Wilkins, think about Zach Sealer, think about Bradley Chubb, think about Jalen Phillips. These are all guys who are used to playing in a stunt and game front. And one of the ways that you could try to steal a gap and, and compensate for, we're going to play in a, a a high safety shell, too high safety shell, even if our coverage is not going to be straight quarters, which most of the time it won't be. Having the ability up front to eat up an offensive lineman and make him block space where you're not going to be is really helpful to mitigating your issues of uh, being outgapped by playing two high safeties against the run. Because a lot of time you're going to get up to the line of scrimmage, you're going to see a two high safety shell, and you're going to say, okay, we have numbers, let's run the ball. So being able to exchange gaps, force miscommunications up front, the Dolphins have done this in the past with this Flores defense and this, this Josh Boyer defense, 
but now they're doing it without tipping their hands so frequently to the coverage that they're going to be playing in the pre-snap. The Boyer defense was really predicated in, we're going to do the whole picket fence on the line of scrimmage, and we're going to line everybody up at depth, and we're going to zero you. You just don't know who's coming and who's not. We're going to try to manufacture a miscommunication to get a free runner. Well, Fangio's going to say, I'm going to show you two high shell every single time. And if you want to play play action passing, just know when you hold the ball out and you turn your back to the defense, it ain't going to be quarter shell anymore. It's going to be something totally different. And you have to get your eyes back around live during the snap and totally reprocess having taken your eyes completely off the defense and figure out what we're in in real time as we're bearing down on you to rush the passer. So I think the, the age of the corners and the ball skills of the corners... I think the experiences of the defensive line up front and then having another linebacker because Fangio is a little bit more of a uh, true nickel defense. Some of these, and the Dolphins did this at times last year, they ran these penny fronts where they put five down linemen, which would usually be Davis, Wilkins, Sealer, Agba slash Chubb, and Phillips, and you'd have one linebacker behind it. And sometimes Jerome Baker would be walked up and he'd be one of the five rush guys too. But you run that one linebacker penny front, and that's a little bit more of a different branch of ideology of this, this quarters cover six Fangio system. Vic uses two linebackers more often. So to have David Long that's added into that, you could see how, again, there's a congruency between the talent that exists and what you want to do ideologically versus um, what the players are capable of doing. I think you're going to have as equal of putting players in position to have success on the defensive side of the ball this year as you did on the offensive side of the ball last year. Because the Dolphins, and we all knew this pretty early on after all the injuries that happened, you didn't have the dudes outside in, in man coverage to be able to play cover one and middle of the field close coverage as often as you did. And yet that's what they did. And it cost them time and time again. I don't think you'll have that problem. I think you'll, you'll have... Uh, again, with, with being more of a zone-based defense and not showing so much of your hand before the snap and making the quarterbacks work for it after the snap, when you have instinctual players like Javon Holland and Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard on the defensive side of the line, David Long in coverage, hopefully Jerome Baker, and it marries conceptually with what you've done up front in the past, I like what we're cooking with. Hope you like what we're cooking with here on Locked on Dolphins. That's going to do it for today's episode of the show. I am Kyle Krabs. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. Appreciate all the everydayers who check out the show. Hope you will come back and see us again soon. We are out of here for now. Be back again tomorrow. We got another episode coming tomorrow. Make sure you don't miss it. Hit subscribe and see us then. Peace.